drank the dark clouds deeper and ran the wild moon hunting alive with fur and feather as omen apparition we left the moon suspended and leapt back onto the ground And hello, welcome to the Antipodean Arts Podcast. My name is Brody Ann and across from me is the gorgeous Fio Gade Palmer. <laughs> welcome to episode three. Uh, <laughs> I um, would like to take this moment to acknowledge country. We are in Karilpa, which I believe means place of the water rat. And we are in the city that has Mewa running through it. And this is the land, unceded land, occupied land of the Yagara and Turrbal peoples. And I acknowledge and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. And I acknowledge the devastation and sorrow and pain in the soil, in the land. And I acknowledge and celebrate the survival of language, culture and the regeneration of the dreaming in this place. Thank you so much for that, Theo, um, for your acknowledgement of country. Um, as I think last week I, I said welcome to country and I understand that I, I want to acknowledge um, as I do not have permission and nor should I to welcome people to a country that is not my own. Um I'm learning all the time. I think that's what this podcast is going to be good at. And I don't think I've ever done out loud an acknowledgement to country, definitely not on a radio show and not um, during big rituals, but you've done a lot of open mm, rituals, haven't mm. you? I can hear it in your voice. Yeah. Like it's so emotive and I can hear you holding a crowd with that as well or, mm. or a gathering of people. So lovely. I think you should do it. <laughs> I think you well, should honey, do it. like I, I think every non-Indigenous, well, this is the thing, right? I acknowledge yeah. also that you have Indigenous heritage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that every person should should do it. I'll say should. I don't say should a lot. Should learn to do it because mm. of the f- reality we're in. Yeah. But I've learned from my Indigenous siblings, like mm. uh, by which I mean that I actually work magic strongly, intimately with people who happen to be Indigenous, and I've watched them do it. Yeah. And when they acknowledge country in country that is not their ancestral country, um, it is always about acknowledging um the elders. It's always about acknowledging the devastation, the realities of a colonization and continued occupation. And also always like, cause some, I've heard some non-indigenous people dwell on that and yeah. I can hear the, the dwelling, the yeah. guilt. And I'm like, that's, but you have the, the, the most important thing is to acknowledge the survival, the, con- continuity, the continuity and the regeneration. Of- yes. So that's what I've learned from watching. Okay. And, and, and I try to make sure because I definitely mean it. Yeah. And I try to make sure because sometimes I've been at events, like often government events where someone will mm. say, oh, you know, I pay my respects, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, cool, great that you did that. Yeah. And, you know, this, you could take a minute more. Yeah, I don't yeah. want it to sound like, I, I guess I feel awkward with it. It's strange on my tongue and it shouldn't yeah. be. So I think you're yeah. right. Everyone should get used yeah, to doing absolutely. it. And that it's not just, uh, I've often been uh, at, uh, when Gigs. I worked for the architect firm even, like when we go to openings at the GOMA, for God's sake, you know, people, even First Nations elders would be invited to speak. Yeah. And there, there were throwaway lines as to, you know, uh, acknowledging here, we, yeah. or here, here we're going to get this bit out of the way and then we've done our bit and then it, it, we can proceed with our, our celebration of yeah. this, you know, new building or whatever yeah. right on the land yeah. of, of the Kurupa. Yeah. So, yeah, 
we digress, but I think it's important yeah, and I want to get better at, um, at doing that. And it should mm. feel more comfortable. I shouldn't be, be, be frightened to, to get it wrong either. You said to me, it's yeah. better that you're, that we're saying it at all mm, or that mm-hmm. you're acknowledging it at all. And, mm. um, first nations people, are <laughs> very readily going to go, you know, you bug it up, mm. give another great, like mm. go. And it was great that you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like this, um, this holding of the integrity and the, um, the well it's interesting right like like so we have we have some segments coming up this is our third episode and we're Mm-mm. getting we're getting into it but we 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 have a little bit of the blab part you know like seg- <laughs> segment one blab um and i do think it's interesting because i when i i wasn't born in this country but i um my earliest childhood memories are of often being around um indigenous kids um and aboriginal kids because my mother um, because I am mixed race and and don't look white, like my mum wanted me to be with kids um, who might like reflect that back to me. Mm. And so it just so happened that in Townsville, that was the case. Um, and it's not like, I don't think my mother like necessarily, I also remember my mother telling me a story about preschool in Toowoomba where me and all the Aboriginal kids were put in a group that she had to chaperone and all the other kids mm. who were white were in other groups and she got really angry at that segregation, which, you know, uh, oh, yeah, Roz, sure. you can look after your son who is brown and and, and, the, other- and the other Aboriginal kids. Oh. She got really upset with my teachers whose names were Mrs. Green and Mrs. Orange. Oh, you're kidding. <laughs> the orange and the green, eh? The colour codification. But I do think, like, Indigenous, like, we live in an occupied country we live, this is the case. Like, and I think a lot of people are just so, some of them are unhappy to acknowledge it. They don't Mm. want to acknowledge it. Some people are like really uncomfortable about it. And some people probably don't even know. And by this, I mean, non-Aboriginal people don't even know what to do. Yes. But it does begin with fucking up. Yeah. And it begins with, that's the thing we say, acknowledgement of country, acknowledgement of elders, acknowledgement of um, past pain, continuing bullshit. Um, and because it continues um, in government policy on the street all the time, police institutions, artistic institutions all the time in every corner of the of Australia, there is racism running rampant, um, running the show, and uh, and just a sexism runs the show, and uh, and yeah, so I just think it's important to talk about because. We are the Antipodean Arts Podcast. That's right. And I would talk about it anyway, but yeah. this is so crucial to this podcast. To this part of, and of the world. Yeah. And I, I hope th- to get some of my friends who are Aboriginal, yes. who are also witches and spirit workers to come on because they would, we could just shut up and they'll just talk. I think that's <laughs> probably the most important thing that, that white people, myself, speaking for myself here, can do. You know, people who present as white just to listen, keep your mouth shut, create platforms and spaces. I I just feel like I've got so much to learn. I'm very excited even to learn more about myself as well. Mm-hmm. But I'd rather, you know, feel uncomfortable or a bit silly for a few minutes buggering up something yes. like that that's well-intentioned. Yeah. Um, you know, suck it up, sweetheart. People mm. of colour are often very fucking uncomfortable, okay? It's a little... All the fucking time. <laughs> so uh, I, um, I apologise and from now on I hope that my introduction um, and... Uh, my acknowledgement of country will uh, will go better. Yeah. <laughs> um. W- what's next? What's next? So, <laughs> I wanted to talk a little bit before we. Well, one, we've got an amazing reading that you're going to be doing tonight. Mm. So, just but we've done something a little different. So, uh, for the first time, was it like an hour ago? Yeah. Theo put out the word to the very first person who messaged him back. 
uh, online on Facebook, was it, Don? It was on our Antipodean on our, Podcast ooh, Facebook page. The OG, the official <laughs> podcast page. And you've got someone that you're going to yeah. read for, which is awesome. So we're going to yeah. do a three-card spread Do you want me to do it person. now? No, I want to quickly just yep. touch on the last episode. Because uh, I want to thank our, our mum and papa. Yes. <laughs> that was honestly such like i did not know it would get so emotional and i was just like these people like are amazing pillars honest stones honestly fucking blessed amazing they found me i would not say i found that they found how did they how did they find you (laughs) oh um i i walked into the shop with my resume and very nervously walked to the counter and i was very intimidated and very scared and when was this uh Many moons ago, oh, probably honey. like six years. Did you ago, did you go in to be a reader or to just work there? Either, I would, either you were just like, please take me, take me, take me, take me as as I am yeah. and as I want to be. Yeah. So no, and I I think I got as far as the bus, and I was very lucky that a reader that was there at the time, Hillary, said I straight to Hillary. she said she's a wonderful yeah. reader. She turned straight to Andrew and said, "I read with her last weekend, which was another coincidence. She's awesome, mm. and I got the job. Mm. So I started reading there, and then I started working behind the counter yeah. just recently at, at Crystal Earth and at Eclectica. So yeah. I'm just so lucky. And it's honestly so good to see you doing that because it's just so refreshing for me to know who lives, you know, close-ish to West End to be like, oh, I actually have a rare piece of time. I could just <laughs> go bother Brody Ann. <laughs> I love it. Bother me all the time. <laughs> um, I like that people are getting to know that I'm there. They can drop yeah. in if they find weird things. Yeah. What did I get this week? Oh, um, an amazing photograph of a ghost that was taken mm. in Toowoomba. Um, oh, and a call about a Dybbuk box. That was, that was, yeah, I've had some, you know, people know where to find me mm. when strange things happen some or things Jewish go sorcery. bump in the night. I love it. Mm. This is my life now. So it was wonderful to have him yeah. here. Yeah. My goodness. That's, uh, I, I felt like our little studio got blessed by like yeah, that good energy too. It totally did. There was something really profound that happened and I'm mm. glad it was our second episode and they're yeah. the reason we we are doing this. We're yeah. part of the reason too because it was our Fridays together at mm. um, Eclectica that mm. finally threw us down, like you said, rare piece of time Yeah, in between readings. We had a quick chat and I was like, I really I want to do a podcast. <laughs> You're like, funny that. People have been saying I should too. Yeah. I'm I'm just yeah it's it's so and also like the other thing is that we're both maybe we said this in the first episode but we're both techno illiterate mm. and we were like and you were like well just by synchronicity and happenstance literally across the road yep. across the crossroads uh briz podcast hub yep. opened up and, and they ash. can do everything and ash, ash bless him ash yeah. shout out to you who is now in germany doing work and still editing our podcast I and getting know. it out to the world we love you and he he brought his his business cards across, and I wasn't even in eclectic mm. that day. He gave them to Andrea. Mm. So again, she's the reason why we knew about it. So yeah, yeah it was lovely to have him. I yeah. definitely want to have them back to to speak to Absolutely, them individually too. Because oh oh well uh, yeah, like Lachlan's a well. We, we just, could <laughs> we could have stayed there. I could have stayed there for for months. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you always learn so much when you're um, sitting with either of them. 
So okay, yeah. who is the lucky lucky person that you're reading for? So I've got my phone in front of me. It's um Guinevere Wolf, who is um Ooh. I asked for their sun sign, who is a Leo. And so I will just say that when I read for people long distance, um what I do is um because in this world where we have um social media, etc. So if I'm reading for someone who has emailed me or texted me, um what I'm acknowledging is that they they literally did that by them typing on the keyboard by them with their intention, pressing yes and answering my specific question of what is your sun sign, you know, and, and, and Guinevere Wolf is um, a Leo sun sign. Um, that's their signature. Mm. I've got it. I can read it. So I'm going to, in our new segment, to row or not to row, <gasps> that is the question. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I'm going to shuffle these Mary L. This is the Mary L deck, which I really love, which a dear friend of mine who I haven't seen in a while, which kind of sucks. She, um, I met her um, when I was living in Ubud, Bali, and um, she is an American citizen and lives in, uh, has gone back to the States. And she just sent these to me as a surprise while I was still living in Wurundjeri country, Melbourne. So, Guinevere Wolf, I'm looking down at your um, your message. I'm going to read for what I'm reading for is your month of July, uh, your month of June. And this um, and three cards to come out for what you most need to know for the month of June. So Guinevere Wolf, what you most need to know for the month of June. Here we go. Got it. So we got the page of wands. We have the the tower mm. and we have the hanged man. Mm. So, and uh, this is someone I don't know. So this is exciting that I'm reading for someone I don't know. Um, uh, because, you know, like, you know, a lot of friends of mine and, and people I know through Facebook liked um, the page, obviously, um, which is great and, you know, very beautiful and, and supportive thank and thank you. <laughs> and a bunch of people who neither Brodie or I know also liked it, which is great. And so, thank you. Yeah. And thank Scary you. Scary and thank you. Yes. Yes. Page of Wands. This is this is you. This is you, Guinevere. This is what you need to know. You need to know that in the month of June, um, getting out there and talking to people, sharing news, um, listening on the wind. Um, to different and diverse perspectives will be important. When you're in your um, lowest moments in the month of June, music and art practice and creativity will be what gets you back up into vitality. You really need to, um, and also canine energy. That's just an, um, not from the tarot, but an intuitive um, clocking. There's, um, I don't know if you have, well, it, I think you have a dog, but like there's, um, there's a sense that um, your canine friend um, will be the best uh an ally to you in the month of June because there is some hardship. There is um that the tower falls. Um, you have something that disrupts you that kind of throws your head down into the underworld where you're going to be doing a lot of listening um to the darkness and a lot of listening to um that which has like all those old outworn patterns and um, perspectives and the edifices of the building that has been hit by that lightning that is falling down. Um, what I love about the tower is that it is always a blessing in disguise because for those of us who can harvest that, and I think that is all of us, um, we can open our eyes and open our senses to acknowledge the, um, the, the truth because the tower pairs us down to our pith, to our kernel. And so in, in that hanged man, in that initiatory rite of passage that is going on for you in June, it's pretty big, honey. Um, you will, that sacrifice of comfort, that sacrifice of the ordinary routine, la, 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 brings you into an ecstatic 
and probably uncomfortable um, situation where your head is in the underworld, where you have a lateral perspective and vision and where you can therefore understand the way forward. It really feels like things that are not necessary are breaking down every, and um, that you kind of get up and in your lowest moments, um, it is best to walk out the door with your dog friend or go seeking dog friends and, and synchronistically allow yourself through the wind to be drawn to different people, to different friends and to listen. Because often I know that for me, when I'm in my, in my low moments, it's listening to other people's perspectives and lives, not necessarily them giving me advice, but often they are unwittingly giving me advice um, that, you know, I, I, I pick up on the interconnections and the synchronicities and I remember um, how everyone struggles and and how I can be in solidarity in my struggle with other people. Like I don't need to feel shame for my struggle. I don't need to feel like I need to be any particular way because we're all so distinct. We're all so different. And so that feels like the the thing the thing you need to know for the month of June. And that is the what has come out of the wisdom of the tarot, Guinevere Wolf. So thank you for being brave enough um, to write your name there and tell us your sun sign. And let us share your reading. Yeah, because that's what's happened. It is. As you know. That happened. Um, tarot or not to tarot. Closed. First first episode, first segment. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I wanted to quickly go on to the next one as well. Well, you know. Strike while the iron's hot. Yeah, we're blamming out segments let's, now. Let's talk about the other one we've been talking about, huh? The yep. one I'm I'm pretty excited about. It's called Sidewalk Sorcery. Boom, boom, boom. Dun, dun, dun. This is one of my favourite things and it was one of the things that I felt both of our magics had a lot in common with. It's one of my absolute favourites in um, a lot of the great podcasts or even the um, – I think it was radio shows that they would call them. So they'd be calling uh, client who do practitioner advice columns essentially. And people would call in with all sorts of questions and stories and also needing uh, need for read and all that. But people were bringing up really odd objects and, and different uh, things that they'd found that they wanted to use in On magic. On the sidewalk. Yeah, sidewalk. At the crossroads. Always, shop. always on the crossroads, <laughs> always at the sidewalk. But found objects and their use in magic is yeah. what I want to get to. Yeah. That like, roundabout introduction there. Like the pragmat <laughs> like the immediate practicality of finding any old thing. It's one of the, the joys of my current practice. Mm. I think it always has been because mm. we, we're collectors, right? Which is a collector. Which is our yeah. magpies yeah. with we're our like birds, looking around. Right? Oh. And we should be. I think it's a big part. Of, of magic mm-hmm. um, and that we're connected to our place yes. in the world in that, in that moment um, and drawing on the environment we're in. There are some really interesting things and I think we'll come up with some very different uses yes. for different objects in different kinds of spell work. So in future episodes, I would love for you guys to please shoot us a message on Facebook or Instagram yeah. at Antipodean Arts Podcast. Or we've also got a Gmail now. We do. We're, we're, we're legit. We have a Gmail. Find it right on the Gmail. It is called antipodeanartspodcast at gmail.com. Is it a dot .au? No. Just dot and if com. You, and, if you, and if you're listening and, you, and you're not aware about how to spell that, I'll just spell it out for you. Yeah. So antipodean is A-N-T-I-P-O-D-E-A-N, arts, A-R-T-S, podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, at gmail.com. 
um, because I know that, um, you know, you're not all, as I as evidenced by our page, you're not all living in Australia, and which is great. So, um, this sidewalk sorcery business, I, you know, hopefully we'll also have it with guests. We're doing mm. this thing where we're alternating between uh, Brody Ann and I and all the spirits that fill this room. And, um, and then we're having guests and... Um, Again, you know, it was it was very much intentional that our first guests were Andrew and Lachlan, mm. um, and we have other guests coming too, and that's exciting. Um, but I can't wait to hear what different yes. uh, foundations of practice and yeah. different backgrounds and heritage you're going to give. Exactly, exactly. People think of the, the darndest things they do, and sometimes like like I remember like recalling a conversation that I had with you, Brodianne, about buttons. Maybe we could start there. And you were talking about buttons from a hoodoo perspective or a Southern conjure perspective, and I was just blown away. Well, something that I I heard about, and it made a lot of sense to me. And when uh, speaking of beloved dead, uh, Raven Gramasi uh, speaks a lot about it in his book, Hereditary Witchcraft. He talks about the Italian uh, Strega their kit, their arsenal, including scissors and needle and thread and things like that, and I would assume a little sewing kit. So buttons are quite innocuous, right? You see them on the ground all the time. You expect them to be on the ground. You also expect to see buttons like sewn into the inside of a shirt. So if you've ever bought a a collared shirt or or a pair of pants with buttons, they always have a spare button sewn inside. So, you know, it's not unusual to find it. So it'd be really easy to to spell or hex on a button and leave it somewhere. It's also very easy because people pick them up and go, oh, a button, I'll save it and sew it on something else. It's it's sweet. It's cute. It's got this kind of nostalgia about it. You tend to pick them up and go, oh, you're so cute. Oh, you know, I do anyway. As Because um, no one wears button-up shirts anymore. Maybe. It's nostalgic. Well, no, it's like nostalgic. I think it more about my childhood. I know, I know. My nana yeah. had a big jar of buttons. I know. My mum has Nanas do. had a big It's just this yeah. thing. Makes you feel safe. So... <laughs> You, you get lulled into this whole sense of security oh, about. So cute. I know. Look at the and then you're like, oh, someone lost a button. Oh, oh I hope they don't. You know, yeah. whatever. Hex that shit. Sew it into and their then clothes. You no. die <laughs> because not only leaving it places for people to pick up, yeah. but um, lovingly sewing it mm. while speaking over it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, licking the threads. Tying knots in said yeah. button, all sorts of things that you could do, and it would be a gift. You're like, oh, I'll sew that for you, not a problem, or I'll iron that shirt and while I'm there. So buttons. I could imagine also doing a curse blessing of awareness on a button. Oh yeah, and placing it around the house or a pla- or a stomping ground of someone you knew, you knew. You mm. need you need to be more aware of the shit you're doing. Yes, and then they pick up that button, they put it in their pocket, maybe out of the nostalgia, which is real. Buttons are cute, mm. and or or they sew it into a shirt, you know, and there there it is. Now they have to be looking in the mirror. Yeah, um, it's similar with coins, so. I always had that grease lightning, like, see a penny, pick it up all, all day, day long. long you'll have good luck. luck. Right? Yeah. We did it over and over again at school. It's not great. So it, it, it can be a conjure trick or it can be a spell trick. Often if I see a coin lying down, not often, always. If I see a coin lying down and it is heads up, that's, you know, tempting, but I'm not going to touch it. I leave it for whoever's next just in case. If it's facing down, like tails up, I'll flip it and make sure it's heads up for the next person, but I won't pick it up. Yeah. 
So that's generally rule of thumb for good so luck. The, so the act of t- being the person who sees it with tails up and turning it on its head. Means I, I give good luck or yeah, a boon yeah, to someone you else. You, your action, your sorceress action was changing the luck. Yeah. So you can't do that and pick it up. Because that I almost knew, that like fu- like that that's moot. Yeah, that it's would be moot. a moot point. Yeah. I'd pick up a, a five cent coin; it would do nothing for me. But the person who picks it a lot up next would be the person that got the luck from me flipping their luck, which is what a witch should do, right? Absolutely. <laughs> that reminds me. I have a I've, I've got a I've got a good friend who lives in um, Tasmania, and he he's a witch, and he was telling me about um, our five cent coins in Australia, which have echidnas on them, and so I keep mine and I put them in a jar because his use for them was putting them in witch bottles. Oh. Because when you think about like uh, often coins and the pictograms and the animals on coins are, are significant um, and, and sympathetic, and um. An echidna, for those of you who don't know, are one of two monotremes, marsupials, mammal, mammals that lay eggs. One is the platypus, which, which is, is our power animal friend on our, on our on our sigil and our on our on our thing. And and the other one is echidna, um, which is um, like an anteater and also a monotreme, a mammal that lays eggs. Eggs. The only two living monotremes live in Australia and the Antipodes. And um, an echidna is covered in um, sharp quill and like a quill. Yeah, and uh, it's and similar to a hedgehog, a little bit spikier. It's, it's more like a porcupine. It's closer to a porcupine. Yeah, yeah. Their faces are different. They're though. they're very. They're just. They've weird. got long. Sorry, we got yeah snouts. They've actually got like a long beak, kind of like a platypus. So when it's yeah, up close, it's right. almost like a beak, yeah. and they've got a long tongue like an anteater. Yeah, it's just gorgeous. Oh. You know who they remind me of? Because um, we had a, a roadkill one re- recently that my partner and I took care of, and oh. and um. Buried in the right way. But when I was washing him off, when we wrapped him up, do you remember in the fifth element, the um, the big momithons, the, the aliens at the start that are in the temple? They're the ones that like try and I save have, humanity. They're the I ones have that have the five the elements. Element. The big robot guys that are quite round. Luke Perry gets crushed. Bra, come on, man. I don't know. I'm All sorry. Right. That's okay. They're really big, beautiful, like um I have a friend who would hate evolved, me not knowing this. Evolved beings. And um they've been coming to Earth for generations. They come to to take the fifth element away because they know we can't be trusted with anything, obviously. Come now. I fucking no. They're no that's why no one's fucking coming. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> So, um, yeah, the little echidna looked very much like him. If you roll them over, they've got like these incredible big thumbs. I think originally they were poisonous. Mm. Um, just like the platypus, just the male the platypus sweetest has that little poisonous faces, with this Aww. little big and long eyelashes that were closed. They're just fucking hell. It really was hard, but they are very beautiful creatures. So, <sighs> so echidnas the f- in in medicine. I'd love to know from um, some of our First Nations yeah, listeners absolutely. what what medicine or what magic echidnas would be used for in Australia. This is this is a thing, right? Because often this is a little bit um, going away from sidebook sorcery, but often in readings I do, I see and feel the presence of um, native Australian animals, and then I often don't know, and I don't want to just make it up. So I often say to them, you know, go ask people who might know. Or there is mm. a often when I'm doing it in Eclectica, I say, oh, oh there's a book. There's, the most- I know there's a book out there, and it's on on an Australian animal oh, dreaming. Who's it? Go- Scott, Scott Alexander yeah, King. Yeah, I think so. I believe, yeah. and it's called. Something it's, it's native um, animals. For yeah, Australia's so I go go spirit. read, go read on the red kangaroo, go read on the <laughs> tawny frogmouth. Also, I just um, ordered a book and received it the other day by Munya Andrews, who is um, from the Kimberley region. Her mother is indigenous and um, her father Scottish, and she proudly um, I am claims both. And uh, she wrote a book called Journey into Dreamtime, which I just um, bought for twenty nine ninety five, and it's brilliant. And it talks a lot about uh, it very simply. Um, 
comprehensively expresses the um, indigenous, the Australian indigenous perspectives on um, dreaming, mm. which is very close to some Ojibwe, um, you know, Turtle Island uh, First Nations understandings of what a totem is. Um, yeah. Anyway, sidewalk sorcery. We're going to go way of coins, coins with animals on them. With animals. So let's talk about that. Like what if you found a 20 cent coin in an auspicious location with the platter? It has a platypus on it. You saw that look on my face. Yeah. Like, what the fuck animal is on it? What, how would you utilize <laughs> a 20 cent Australian coin? And it's, um, we, we call it silver, but I don't think it's silver. Oh, no. Um, so it's got the queen's head facing up and I find it. Well, let's say I'm not a witch because I, I, in my own practice I wouldn't pick that coin up. But if I was to use it, to, uh, picking it up, say, for a client, I'm like, that's what they need. Mm. Um, I'd almost, like my, my first instinct with platypus, apart from them being very quiet, shy, retiring creatures, well, they're not quite in their own lives. I think they're quite mischievous and very funny. But it's very rare to see one in the wild here, even when there were, there were lots of them. Um, they're kind of like beavers in North America. Like you don't see them, you hear them or you see signs of them. It's rare that you see one swimming. Yeah, so they're kind wait. of shy. You've got to wait for them to to reveal themselves and you have to be patient and sit by the water repeatedly over a few days so they know that you're not your enemy or whatever. But they're so unique. They're ridiculous. They should just be themselves. I almost want to create a talisman for someone who was going through depression mm. or an inability to communicate who they were or something to build their self-confidence or self-esteem, like a personal charm or a talisman, almost like a mercury dime would be used in the States, like a good luck talisman that's like, you're a fucking weirdo, own it. People who are patient enough to understand you will come to you and work with the herbs and the things around that. Maybe. Yeah, no, I love that. I love yep. that because, again, my friend in Tasmania, when when he told me, oh, yeah, like I use five cent coins for witch bottles and for protection. I, I was like, that. oh, fuck, yeah, of course, our coins. Our, our coins. coins. I, I haven't even thought of that. Yeah, exactly. There you go. And then who's who's on our um, who's on our 50 cent coin? Is it the emu and the kangaroo? I think so, yeah. There you go. Two animals that can't walk backwards. <gasps> I love that. And, that, and that's, that's that whole, I don't know if that's actually true, but I hear that all the time. And that's I haven't why, heard that. I don't think a kangaroo can go backwards because that's why they're on, tail. That's why they're on our coat of arms. And they face each other. Yeah. And that's why, and it's like, Australia can't go backwards. Oh. Anyway, but apparently, you I, know, they're on our 50 cent coin, our coat of arms, our um, nationalistic coat of arms, because the emu, or as you say in North America, Emu, emu, but we say emu. They sound so cute. Uh, emu, emu, and they also say puma. Oh, pumas. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, no, 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 puma. But anyway, I give them, I give them the ability to say puma because we don't have them here. And Look. but, but you have to say emu. We're going to be driving a lot of people crazy with our accents. So <laughs> they're loving it. <laughs> every every time I teach in fucking Canada and, and the states, they're always like. I'm like, oh, you know, I swear a lot. I'm an Australian, blah, blah, blah. Like, we love it. They're like, <laughs> they're enchanted by us. They think we're oh, fairy dear. tale creatures. No, I only thing I got in Canada. Well, no, that's not true. But at a lot of places was, oh, Aussies. Oh, shit. Like, Aussies. we're going to fucking, let's Aussies. drink. It's going to get crazy around here. And we're like, no, 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 we're not those kind of Aussies. Well, we are a bit, but not, not, we're not those kids from Whistler that are going to give you a hard time. <laughs> from Whistler. Oh, seriously. Apparently you can't go to uh, Whistler on Australia Day. 
without like it's taken over by Australians now. Well, that's gross. It's disgusting. <laughs> so <laughs> we digress. We but digress again. Back to our that's gonna happen a lot. But I didn't even think about how I would use Australian money. I've saved coins from other countries. I use American money a lot in Here my we magic, are in Australia that's what in I the do. Antipodes. And why am I not using it? Five cents. What's on our ten cents? A liar bird, is that correct? It is a liar bird. Okay, a liar bird. A liar bird. I think they They can mimic they any can mimic anything. The world. Ding. ding ding ding. So ding. what would what would you use a ten cent piece for that you found in an auspicious location in, in, a, in an auspicious time? If I'm using it for good, okay, and not for evil, and not for evil, good. I would be say someone's about to embark on some change, or they're moving into a new position or a new role at their job, and they're like, "This is going to test who I am. I don't think I fit in there. I want to. I want to be able to prove or show to these people that I I can do what they do." Maybe, maybe in yes, that. So yes. it's a, I can mimic you. I can do anything you can do. Anything yeah. you can and do, also lie and liabird. Exactly. <laughs> and liabirds are fucking stunning. They are. If beautiful. you are lucky or fortunate enough or blessed enough to see one in the wild, they are stunning. But they also, they can imitate any sound. Yes. So they are tricksters. Yeah. They, there's, you know, I've seen or heard audio uh, of them. Mimicking chainsaws. That's exactly what. I, that's exactly what I was going to say, which is very fucking Cars. sad. It's yeah. sad. They've learned how to do Mowers. mobile alarms. Yeah. yeah. So it's all just you, like pumas like- <laughs> can, can make the cries of a young child. Do they? Yes. They I lure. Didn't know they that. lure run it. They lure. They lure joggers. Oh. By sounding like um screaming children. Oh wow! It's terrifying. I know. I saw one of my favorite shows in the world is um I survived. We'll talk about it on this podcast for sure. Uh, and one of the episodes was a guy who was jogging and he got attacked by a mountain lion and they like fought to the death together. Oof. And he, it was just like it had hold of him around his head and it was just raking him with its back legs down his stomach, like opening all the yummy bits up. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, at the You're end of- jogging where at, there are mountain lions. At the end, exactly. At the end of the day, I just, I cannot- I cannot place blame on animals. <laughs> but for we, doing we live in thing. Australia, so people. I often got this with people I was from overseas, going like, "Yeah, but you can't complain about animals in North America. Like, you live with poisonous snakes and spiders and they sharks can, and Australia. They have fucked. fucking bears. I know. I was I was at a, I was at a witch camp in oh, um in Squamish so territory in British Columbia, mm. and they're like, oh, you know, like just as we would be about a brown snake. They're like, oh, you know, like in the in the induction into witch camp, they're like, because we were in the fucking forest. Mm. If you see a bear, you just have to like get your coat out and make yourself real big and make a lot of noise. And I'm like, this is terrifying. <laughs> I am terrified. I do not want to run into a bear. And 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 it's this it's the same here. Like when yeah. we have our um turtle island friends come down as we mm. do often um i like i often for witch camps in my life but um I'll, we have a lot of um you know canadian and um, um united states teachers coming over and they're always like you know we're like oh s- spiders just walk really loud snakes. and the snakes will yeah, go away just, just whack it with a stick <laughs> they're like they're sn- like terrified yeah so we can't really talk i'm sure people are going yeah you're mad yeah exactly they have rattlesnakes true they have snakes that rattle they're kind of, yeah. they also have Fucking raccoons. No, I love raccoons. <laughs> they are terrifying. No. They go through your trash cans. They're trash pandas. I love them. Oh my them. God, trash pandas. They've got those little hands. It's the same with possums. They're the this same is what in happened. Australia. This is, see, this is the thing. Because in Australia, we have our native animals and our coins. We are now like completely in animal land. Yeah. And we're like, 
animals. It's one of my favourite places, yeah. though, you know. But that's true. So Lyrebird, bad magic, bad magic as in great magic for- uh, Like blasting, binding, yeah, restrictive magic? Maybe something along the lines of a negative glamour. Passing yeah. something under the under yeah, the radar, glam- glamouring someone, mimicking or reflect like yeah, yeah. T- t- so that they hear repeating. so that they hear what what they want to hear. That could be a good yeah. one too. Yeah, so that they are lulled into a, a like a, a sense of security. And I guess this could expand from not that in Australia we have well not in West End we don't have kangaroos hopping down the street no, very we often. Don't. We do have possums and occasionally I had a possum break things. into my kitchen into my kitchen last night. <laughs> Was he in the pantry? What was he up to? Oh, uh, look, this possum was definitely opening pantry doors because, and I had to run out with my with my torch, oh, my, sh- phone, my phone light, and I was like <laughs> <laughs> naked. What are you doing? <laughs> Scampering out. Oh, Yes. But they yes. are the same, like little bandits they are. I'm just trying to remember what's on our... We have, we have an Aboriginal elder man on our $2 coin, but what do we have on our $1 coins? It is, is that the one that changes a lot? Does the one dollar ch- coin change? I don't know. I can't believe that we don't know this. I don't. Even, I don't know if I ever have one dollar coins. I always have a. Pl- I always have an abundance <laughs> of two dollar coins. Really? Yeah, always. Hmm, must maybe we'll have There's to look all, into it. Also, the Southern Cross is behind um, that elder in the um, mm. like. It's him, and it's, it's a particular person. That's. I think it is that, a particular person, and unfortunately, I am ignorant about that. And also behind him is the Southern Cross. So what I might use a two dollar coin for. Say I'm walking around and I'm feeling a little bit uncertain and lost about my life, and I come upon a two dollar coin with its heads up. Mm. I might take it and then. Um, use it in a charm for, for myself or some, I don't know, like I'm not, I'm not so au fait with hoodoo. That's not, I'm not like you, Brody Ann, in that regard, but I might, if it feels correct, because often I do it based on fetch and gut feeling, yeah. I might take it if it feels, like I often say auspicious, if it, if it comes at an auspicious time at an auspicious place, um, say I found it next to a post box, then I'd pick it up. Um, and that's because I often do it that way. And then I'd pick it up and I'd be like, wow, look, the Southern Cross, because a lot of um, Southern Hemisphere nautical navigation happens by the Southern Cross, yeah. just like it happens by the North Star in the Northern Hemisphere. So, and, and other stars that are more apparent up there. But um, the Southern Cross, always I look in the sky for the Southern Cross and then I can be like, that's the South. Now I know how to cast my circle. Yeah. Because in this, in, this, in this hemisphere, those of us who work compasses and circles, and sometimes they're different and sometimes they're the same, we often begin... Um, in the south, where in this hemisphere the sun does not pass mm. through it, just as in the northern hemisphere the sun does not pass through the north. So as a witch, I'm more interested in beginning with darkness and midnight. Yeah. And so I, be, I, I anchor my circle in the south and then I go with the sun, which um, here in the southern hemisphere um, appears to move in an anti-clockwise or counterclockwise direction. So, of course, rising in the east as it, as it, as it appears to do everywhere on this planet and then coming around through the north, not the south, setting in the west, and then, you know, doing that midnight secret thing through the south. <laughs> and our nearest pole, again, it's about magnetism. Our nearest pole when we're in the southern hemisphere is, of course, the south pole and the Antarctic. The northern hemisphere pole is the north pole and the Arctic circle. So, again, there's some differences for us. And, um, yeah. again, I might, with the $2 coin, with the Aboriginal elder who I... We, we will figure out who that is, and next episode we will... Um, let you know, um, or someone write to but us and please learning. tell us. Because I, yeah, I, I remember it's seeing an article that about know. that that's a particular person. It is an elder that we yeah. don't know. Um, and behind him is the Southern Cross. 
Um, which I, you know, I like to do some reclaiming around because that. Well, we unfor- nearly did, didn't we? Yeah. We were thinking about it um, when we were working with the the lovely Luke on mm. on um, our imagery and, and shout graphics. out shout out to luke broman of fleetfoot photography oh. and because he is Mwah. an astonishingly brilliant photographer such a talented person i have i have worked with him multiple times as have many witches i know and spirit work as an artist because he because he is a practicing witch he knows exactly how to respectfully move with a camera in ritual space mm. and it doesn't obstruct anything it doesn't happen often that you get that yeah either. it's very very rare mostly cameras feel really intrusive i just feel so respected when he's around so like if you are if you are wanting to be captured in an ecstatic or ritual state and you're wanting to be um or you just want your like your radiant beauty to be captured he's just someone to go to and we of course went to him for our um our our sigil our logo yeah i know it's a sigil yeah it's a sigil and we thought about the southern we're trying to think of of things that were antipodean purely antipodean uh, and that is one of them that we that, that is irrefutable unmistakable it's australia but unfortunately um it's been co-opted it has you know there are these symbols in the world aren't they that in our short history uh recent history we've we've kind of um ruined in a way yeah like the swastika yeah that's a very clear example of something that um um, is in Hindu Something ancient and yeah. beautiful, and in Hindu been... culture to this day, it's, it, it's, it goes in a different direction. Mm. Is a, a symbol of Surya, the sun, um, and in um, ancient Nordic cultures, was also a symbol of um, vitality, regeneration, and the sun. Um, but unfortunately, when now it's just so tarnished, and and sometimes you know we there's a difference between intention and impact, right? Mm. Like where someone intends a particular thing, and then the impact of that is actually terrible for someone else. So you know, I I have actually been in a situation where I was around um, my Jewish my friend of Jewish heritage was there, and someone was going on and on and on in a class situation about we need to reclaim the swastika, and I really wish that person had thought about that mm. because um, what they were saying because you. You can never assume who you're in a room with. Absolutely not. Yeah. Because no. it was really uncomfortable and yeah. really actually quite triggering, like authentically triggering. Yes. And I think I felt that way about about using the Southern Cross. Exactly. Because it would make so much sense for us. We're witches. Yeah. Stars. Hello. It's a cross in the sky. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hello. Crossroads. We wanted it. It's the crossroads. Yeah. It's everything. Yeah. But over Points here. Points to the south. It really is synonymous with... Um, <clears throat> Hate, Big, racism, bigotry. bigotry. Yeah, yeah. Pe- people who seem to be stuck Aussie, in Aussie versions of white uh, yeah. of rednecks. So. Yeah, people who seem to be stuck in like happily being narrow minded. Yeah, like and often if you try to like offer oh. some other perspective, they're like, "We'll go because you know, it, go it's fuck used yourself. on a on a, a very different flag. It's used for the Eureka Stockade, and that has is it, different. Is, is it that one? It, yeah. Oh, okay. So it's see, I love the I love the exactly. Eureka Stockade flag, but then it was again yeah. Um, yeah. repurposed or, or yeah. So. Mm. We left that one, but it yeah. doesn't mean that it's not important to us and we should slowly reclaim it. Yeah, and, <laughs> and in interesting ways, like on the $2 coin. Oh, and our athletes all have Southern Cross stars on them. A lot of them do. I know there my sister-in-law does. There you go. She felt she had to get Australia put underneath the Southern Cross because she was so worried that people would think just looking at a tattoo on her shoulder. But she Symbols she, are powerful. She, yeah. She, she you know, skated for, for Australia and she was like, well, I might need to put that on the bottom there. Yeah. So... Little little piece of information. My sister, my beloved sister, was once um, asking me whether she should get a Southern Cross or a Frangipani tattoo. Aww. And I said to my sister, this was years and years ago, I said, I said to her, 
look, honey, um, I really think you should think about that. I was actually, <laughs> I don't think I was that measured. I was probably like, fuck no, Noni. <laughs> well, you're talking to siblings. <laughs> fuck no. And she she actually um came back to me and thanked me for that. I think originally she was like, I'll do what I want. But <laughs> I love my sister. I think I might have actually led to my sister-in-law getting the Australia underneath now. I think of yeah, it. You I think like, I might have been ranting at it. Why don't you just a, let everyone know exactly No, what no, this I didn't is. know she had it on her back. I think it was oh. an early dinner with my um, now fiancé's family. Mm. And I think I was saying, you know, I was probably gesticulating with a glass of wine and I was probably making some very valid points. And I was like, yeah, something about racists um, and something about Southern Cross news. It might have had to do with the Big Day Out Music Festival in Australia. Because I'd said if you go there now, pretty much every back you're looking at, if you're facing the stage, is a sweaty Southern Cross and I don't want any part of it. And then my family were like, oh, you know that your sister's got... This is a public announcement <laughs> from Brody Ann Ryan. I'm so... I'm not sorry. No, no I'm sorry. No, it Because you... And it's a shame, really, that she felt so um, uncomfortable mm. about the Southern Cross now that she, she had to put Australia underneath. It do, does look very nice now, It is though. a shame, but it is a sign of someone who is thoughtful and considerate. Well, she's so. a First Nations a heritage herself, so Canadian First Nations. So yeah. she's very much... Her other tattoos all have to do with that. So she was... She's very uh, yeah. careful in, and measured in her thoughts. So, so this is sidewalk sorcery. So we've been talking. <laughs> so we've been talking about coins, and yeah. this is the thing. When like th- th- this is interesting to me that only a few years ago did um, a friend of mine who happens to be a witch um, who works with Australian coins and their sorcery did I, did it even come into my mind? Mm. Because often what Australians do, because we ha- a bunch of us have really internalized our convict heritage, and we're I think we're unconsciously ashamed of being Australian. Yeah. Um, we look to other countries. We're like, well, that's how they do it in England. That's how yeah. they do it in the States. But actually, we have a lot of really important wisdom. Of course, of course, the ancient um, various Aboriginal wisdoms and also the wisdoms that come from convict heritage and from what appears in Australia. Like it's no, it's no, people have sat there and really thought about what animals will go on what coins. Mm. Those aren't flippant decisions. Yeah. And so they have magical resonance. We can take that. And everyone carries them. Exactly. Yeah. This is this is the thing. This is like a this is what I call systems magic. Mm-mm. Because when every magic is really effective if everyone's in it. Yes. That's what I think I love about that part of folk magic too. Um and I think that's what the nature of this beast is going to be with this podcast, especially that segment, because you start on one thing and that's what I love about it. You're like, oh, there's so many uses. There's so many different. Sidewalks, they go everywhere. Oh, look at you. <laughs> what a nice little uh, way to round that off there. Um, we have reached the end of our third episode, we my have. darling. Holy shit. That Thank went, you so much for doing that by. reading for Guinevere. Oh, of course. Thank you, Guinevere. I love your name. I know Guinevere Wolf. We just want to Guinevere. say your name over and over Guinevere. again. Like it's li- like a really good it's name. Good choice name. or good parent. Yes. Um, and again, just if you have any ideas for future shows, if you think you'd be a great guest or if you think you yeah. know someone else who'd be a great guest or there's someone you would really like to hear from yeah. or if you have an idea for Sidewalk Sorcery mm. or you'd like a juicy reading from Mr. Fio or myself, yes. shoot us an email at antipodeanartspodcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook or Instagram. Yes. Yes, and have an incredible week. We will talk to you soon. Love you. Bye. lay upon the hill that lay beneath the wolf sky Without the dark clouds falling And an apparition And with the thunder rolling How preceded the storm will
This has been the Antipodean Arts Podcast. Music by Wendy Rule. The song is Wolf Sky.